All right, folks. Here we go. Another week. It's the new year, 2022. The first one, the first look back of, of the new year. Looking back on week 17. And how about this? The Eagles, they talk about the playoffs. We, we thought about it. It became a possibility. It became almost a given. And now it's official. The Eagles will be a part of Super Wild Card Weekend. And obviously, what can we say? I mean, when the season began, nobody expected this team to be where they're at now. Not even myself. You thought that they could be a team that could contend, but when the season began, I was looking for progress. I was looking for Jalen Hurts to be that guy and see if Suriani could be a good head coach. After the Raiders game, it looked like the end it looked like they they both were gonna see an exit sign by this point. But they turned it around. A running game that was dominant. A defense that improved under Jonathan Gadden. And obviously now we're we're a team that potentially nobody would want to face in the first round. Potentially. Sunday they took care of business. Even though it was from behind. Washington, I knew they were gonna bring a bring the fire because they had nothing left. They had nothing left after this. But the Eagles found a way. They beat them, clinched their spot with with help later on. And now they go into this last game with the Cowboys, a game we will predict tonight on this show. But like I said, it's a meaningless game, but who cares? I'm, I'm sorry. I, I I feel that way about it. But my question to you is, I'm sure you'll, you'll, you'll want to analyze the game, but my question to you is, now that we're in the playoffs, we're going on the road, who's our easiest, who's going to be our easiest challenger and who could be our toughest challenger? Yeah, well, um, um, the Eagles are back in the playoffs, um, that, and that's the big question is who do we want to face? I'll get into that in a second. Before I get into that, I got to, on a side note, pat myself on the back because uh, I didn't really talk about it because I don't, you know, every time I say something positive about, about my fantasy team, I end up jinxing them. But I was playing for the championship this week, and, you know, um, I had a, a – one extra roster spot on my team. I picked up uh, Boston Scott. I had to decide between Boston Scott and Mike Williams coming off the COVID list on who to start. You know, I put in Boston Scott. He got me two touchdowns, and um, it was a difference in the game. So I ended up winning my fantasy championship for the second time in three years. So, you know, I drafted a great team and worked the waiver wire like a champ and once again won it. So I'm going to pat myself on the back there. And um, so, yeah, getting into the Eagles, though. Yes, yeah, um, um, well, you said uh, not, nobody thought they, the Eagles would be here. Well, I did, man. I did. I said 10. I was project, projecting 10 and 7 this year. Um, I thought 10 and 7 would be enough to win the division. It wasn't quite that that good. But um, if the Eagles were to win this week, which really, like you said, doesn't really even matter. Um, but if they did, they'd be 10 and 7. And finish a game behind the Cowboys but nonetheless they're in the playoffs that's the most important thing um, 
And, uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of uh, praise to go around, man. I mean, uh, the Nick Sirianni and his coaching staff, after a slow start, they did a great job of, um, of um, adjusting their game plans and just coaching this team up. Um, they coached up a lot of these young guys and got a, a, a lot of great production out of some of these players, man. Um, tons of improvement over the last year all around the board. Um, Jalen Hurts did a great job in the second half of the season. He made a ton of progress. And, you know, unless you're just one of those guys that doesn't like him, which, you know, there are a lot of Eagles fans like that. You know, it was the same thing with McNabb. They were pissed when they drafted McNabb. And there's always that group of fans that would hide behind the hide under the rocks. And then every time McNabb has a bad game, they all come, come, come running out. And, oh, my God, McNabb sucks, you know. And it's like, no, sorry. So, you know, unless you're one of those people, you got to admit that Jalen Hurts made a ton of progress this year. And I think uh, I think he's uh, earned a shot to be the starting quarterback again next year and hopefully make even more progress and become an actual franchise quarterback. And um, you got to even give Harry Roseman credit, man. I mean, this team looked really bad last year. They looked like that his roster was in bad shape. They didn't have any cap space. And he helped turn this team around and turn them into a playoff team in one offseason. And we own the next offseason with a lot of cap space and three first-round picks. So, you know, made massive turnaround for the team. And we got a lot to look forward to this, these next couple weeks, too. So um, when you get into the uh, question of which teams do we want to face in the playoffs, um, well, you're looking at basically four potential teams that we could face in the first round of the playoffs. One is the Cowboys. Um, one is the Bucks, which is the most likely scenario, which would be down here in my hometown here down in Tampa. Yeah, it's you might be cool. going to that game. You um, might go to that game. What's that? You might actually go to that game if it's if it if that does come up. Yeah, it's a possibly man, possibly. Um, and then you got the Rams and you got the uh, possibility still of the Cardinals. So when I look at those teams, man, well, I'm going to put it like this. I don't think the Eagles, are, the Eagles aren't going to uh, go to the Super Bowl or anything like that, but if the Eagles play their game, I don't think there's a team that they can't beat in the NFC. Just like if you look at, like, the, uh, I don't know, the, the Chargers or the Cardinals, you know, or yeah, Char- the Chargers or the Colts in the AFC, like a wild card team. If they get if they play their game, they could beat pretty much any team in the AFC as well. So, you know, it's not that big a difference between the seven seed and the two seed, for example, in terms of talent. It's just if you can play your game and consistency and injuries, all that. But um, I'm not all that scared of any team. Um, so I look at the Cardinals. I think well, no, yeah, I'll put it like this. I think the Cardinals are the most susceptible, especially when you're playing in Arizona. Um, after that, I think the next team that I think I'd rather face is, is the Rams. I'm not scared of this team. They haven't been impressive the whole second half of the season. Matt Stafford, until he proves me wrong, is not a big-game quarterback, and he hasn't been playing well the last couple weeks. Um, and, and really, their run defense, if there's a weakness on their defense, it's their run defense, and obviously the Eagles could take advantage of that. Um, next up, then, would be the Cowboys. Obviously, it's a divisional rival. The Cowboys have um, um, Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb. That's, that would be a tough matchup. But Dak has been inconsistent this year. Um, Michael Gallup's done for the season. So 
that's one less receiver we have to worry about. And even though they're they're much better than they were last year, I still am not scared of that Cowboys defense. I think the Eagles could run all over them. And then the team that I least like to face is is the the Bucks. You know, obviously we'll have to talk about the whole Antonio Brown situation. Yes, we we, we have that coming up. Yes, we do. Yeah. And obviously with the injury to Chris Godwin, that that's hurting them big time at receiver, which is coming into the season. It's like it was their biggest strength. But they still got they still got Mike uh, Mike Evans, one of the best receivers in the NFL. They still got Gronk, who can still play. Um, Leonard Fournette should be back from injury. And more than anything, they got Brady. And Brady in the playoffs, Mike Evans and Gronk and Leonard Fournette is a better trio of weapons than Brady has had at the, with the Patriots most of the years that he won the Super Bowl. So, you know, he's still got a ton, and he's still playing like he's 44. He's still playing like he's, you know, I shouldn't even say 34 because that's still getting older for a quarterback. He's he's, 30, he's 24 or 44. He's still playing like he's 28, you know? So, yeah, the Bucks would be my least team I'd like to face. Well, like I said, I mean, just thinking about this these postseason, I mean, there's a lot to to digest. Like I said, these are probably these are one of the four these four teams are one of the four teams we have to go to. And like I said, the hardest team probably, and I'll go in order here, from from pretty much from hard to easy. The hardest would shockingly be the Cowboys, and I'll tell you why. When it comes to the Dallas Cowboys, yeah, they're not playing great right now. They aren't what we think they are. But they have our number. And in the Dak Zeke Elliott era, they've had our number more than you would think. Pretty much most of the time, but like two games. And like I said, you got to deal with that defense, that aggressive defense. To me, if they get if they get away from what they should be, that's going to be troublesome. That's going to be troublesome. And Michael Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, you know, those guys are beasts. Randy Gregory, when he's motivated, they're, that's a dangerous trio. And then obviously, Trayvon Diggs, like I said, you know, the guy is, is a pick. Is a pick, He can pick you off at any time, even though he's not in the league corner. But he he's a ball hawk. He can get the ball. So to me, and historically, you know, and and we're going back into the era of, of when they were really when they were actually contenders. Dow, the Eagles have never beaten Dallas in Dallas in the postseason. So, to me, that would be my least pick. And hopefully, we'll see if that that if that does. Hopefully, that doesn't come because there's still a possibility. Even though I would give it like a thirty percent chance. The Rams are interesting because, like I said, they haven't played well, and obviously Matt Stafford is such a, a guessing game. He has four picks. He had four pick sixes here, and he had another one on Sunday. And yeah, the team yeah the team isn't like impressive. But remember, Cooper Cup is having a historic year. He could very well be the great have the best re- uh, a season a wide receiver has ever had in the history of this league. And he's 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 an All Pro, and he's going to be very tough to defend. Like I said, if you're Darius Slay. If you if you get if you get the Rams, that's going to be a tough matchup. I don't know if you can pretty much scheme all for those, but then again, you have Odell Beckham 
and I and Odell Beckham historic has only beaten the Eagles one time in his career, but obviously that was when he was in New York. But to me, that would be my second hardest. Shockingly, my third hardest, my third third hardest, is obviously Tampa Bay, and it's not because of Brady. Yeah, we all know about Brady. We all know about you know, but this team is banged up. Their defense is banged up. Look what the Jets did to them on Sunday. They should have won that game. I mean, I don't, I mean, it's not, looking at them and, and what the Bills did to the Bucks in, in the second half of that game, I don't, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. And, hey, I mean, yeah, yeah, Brady is still Brady. He's the, he's the GOAT. He knows how to get this done. This is no, this is not his first rodeo. This is not his first rodeo. But he's been one and done in the postseason before. And I can see that potentially happening this year, because I, because this team is very vulnerable. Gronk has not, nobody, nobody on this team has been health outside of Brady has been healthy at all, and this defense is is missing players left and right. Like I said, Chris Godwin is gone, and he was their best receiver, the most reliable receiver. I mean, Mike Evans, but he's been banged up himself all year. I mean, he he might be the only reliable receiver he has right now, and that, and. Leonard Fournette's not going to be 100%. He might be coming back from that injury quickly come come next week. But obviously the Cardinals would be the easiest because one, they're at home. They would have to be at home if they if they win on Sunday and the Rams lose. They would have to be at home and that's not good for them. That's not good for them at all. And obviously for whatever reason, and I think this is why they have struggled this year. They don't have they don't have they have such a fair weather group of fans. Like they don't they don't roll like other fans do at other stadiums. Like I said, I, I think about when we when we lost the NFC championship to Kurt Warren them. That they had to basically beg people at Kmarts and Walmarts and Target stores to get tickets. Like they couldn't believe what the hell was going on because they're not used to seeing success. Cardinals have been a terrible franchise for most of their history. But obviously, you know, they've been so bad at home, or mediocre at least, the Eagles would obviously take full advantage, and they would beat them by a bunch. But then again, you're absolutely right. I think that the way this league has been this year, in 2021, this is this is going to be a wild, wild, this is going to be a wild postseason. We don't even know who, we may see two guys Two teams that we wouldn't even expect to be in the in the Super Bowl, because I really I really can't figure out anybody anybody of any time. But like I said, no disrespect to Green Bay, but even but but talking with you know talking with Kwame and a few others, my buddy Kwame, who you know might be joining this program rumorly in the future, but he thinks that if the Eagles get by we get by this wild card round. They may actually have a chance against Green Bay in the divisional round because of the run defense. And that's one thing about the Eagles' strength is their run. Nobody runs the ball. Nobody runs it better than us. Nobody will run it better than us. And we're going to run the ball. It doesn't matter what defense. No defense can stop this run. And if we get going and we do our our, our best and this defense somehow can get a stop and a, and a, and a turnover, yeah, we could be sitting in a in a very unlikely scenario, but then again, this year has been a bunch of overachieving and unlikely scenarios. 
So, hey, you know, we're, we're coming in this postseason with house money. And that's very, very dangerous. And that's a dangerous thought when you look at it. This team is not, this team will be the underdog. This team has no pressure going into the postseason. Yeah, well, that's that's uh, that's key for the the defense is going to have to um, come up big, man. They can't get off to these slow starts. Well, really, both sides of the ball can't get off to these slow starts, but the, the defense in particular can't let these quarterbacks. I mean, they've been letting bum quarterbacks go up and down the field the first quarter and a half. Um, once you get to the playoffs and you're playing like guys like Brady and Stafford for what you know, if if you want to consider him a really good quarterback and Dak and all them, I mean, you, you you can't let them just go 13 for 13 and right up and down the field. That's just not going to work. And with the, the key for them is going to be getting pressure on the quarterback. And then obviously the offense has to come up big. Um, it, Jalen Hurts needs to step his game up big time in the first half too. You know, he's come up big in the second half, but first half has been inconsistent and the, the team just can't get off these slow starts like they have been when they're once they're going up against actual playoff teams. Yeah. Like I said, Jalen Hurts is obviously his defined logic with everybody because he knew coming into this year he wasn't the favorite son by the organization or even the fans. He didn't get a preseason to prove himself, so like I said, he knew that he's come he's grown a lot. And he's grown a lot in the last month. You know, the way he's shown. We we already know the leadership. He had the leadership. We already knew that. But obviously, him settling in and and demanding the way and, and finding ways. Like, Sunday was probably his best. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Sunday was probably his most impressive game of his entire season. Because there's no way. They're down nine to, to, a, to a desperate Washington team. And they could have floundered and, and, and called it and, and said, no, we're, we're done. We'll just have to hope that, you know. And obviously, if that was the case, if they didn't come back and win that game, then they're in a much different scenario Come post when it comes to the postseason. They'd still be in it, but they would need a lot more help to get into the postseason this time around than, than they would. But like I said, he, he didn't panic. The team didn't panic. And that second half was brilliant. Defense... Like I said, they allowed over 80% passing for Taylor Heineke, your favorite guy, Heineke. But obviously, he can't, they, they, they bounced back and gave up no points in that second half. And then that Rowdy McLeod interception to seal the, the game when it was almost ready to go away. So, like I said, it was an, it was an awesome scenario. It was an awesome second half. And, but like I said, the big problem this team has had over the last throughout the year, but mostly in the last several weeks, is slow starts. You can't you can't do that. You can't you, in this postseason. You can't you can't get off to a fourteen nothing hole. You can't be in a fourteen nothing hole. You're going to be on the road. You're going to have fans there, and unlike last year, there's going to be those fans will be rowdy. You can't you get down early. You can't get into a rhythm. You can't, and this team. They have to run the ball. If they have to make Hurts win with the pass, we'll be in big trouble. That's one thing about this about this next week. If they have to allow, if they have to make Hurts pass the ball, that could be a that could be a bad look, and it would be over, and, and the season would be over. So, like I said, that's something they have to fix. Now, 
this mon this this game on Saturday night most likely would be an experiment game in my opinion because you really you really aren't looking you're just looking to get out here healthy and prepared but obviously they have to you know whatever whoever Sirianni sends out there on Saturday night that team has to they have to show a little bit of of momentum and situation going in the next week when it matters the most yeah, well, this this game coming up on Saturday is I, I'm get, I'm thinking it's probably just going to be the equivalent of the preseason game for the Eagles. Um, they already got a bunch of guys listed on the injury report. They got a bunch of guys on the COVID list. Um, they're not going to play any of the, any of their key players. You know, Hertz isn't going to play. And if if he does, he's only going to play like a quarter. And same with all the other top players. You know. Um, um, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, Landon Dickerson's on the injury report. He missed practice today. Don't expect him to play. Um, um, same with Lane Johnson. So, I mean, all the key players, you're not going to see. You'll see the Jalen Ragers, the Quez Watkins, obviously Gardner Minshew. Um, you'll see a lot of the younger guys that maybe some of which haven't gotten a lot of chances to play this year, um, you know. For example, on the defensive side, I'm expecting to see a lot of guys like um, Teron Jackson, Patrick Johnson, you know, some of these rookies that they got that they brought in. Um, Zach McPherson is probably going to get a lot of playing time. Don't expect to see Darius Slay. So, I mean, I mean, it'll be a good experience for those guys to get regular season playing time. So, I'm I'm I'm, I'm looking at it like that. Let let all the key players get some rest um, and get ready for the playoffs. You know, a team like the Bucks. If we end up playing the Bucks, according to Bruce Arians, he's playing all their starters. They're playing to win for some reason. I don't know that if that's going to be true, but if they do, that's another advantage for the Eagles if they come in there rested. Yeah, but you know, like I said, the Bucks—they still have an outside chance at the two seed, so that's why it would make sense for them to play. You know, like I said, there's a lot of teams that. You know, they're going to have agendas, different agendas. But obviously, we'll see what happens. But regardless of what happens to the Eagles on on Saturday night, they still can be the sixth seed. Because the 49ers are in a very... They're in the pressure-packed position in the NFC. They have to play the Rams on Sunday in L.A. And if they don't win that game and the Saints beat the Falcons in Atlanta, guess what? The Eagles move to the sixth seed, the Saints move in the playoffs, and the 49ers are out. And that's a big, big, and that's a big pressure cooker because the 49ers are shockingly ahead of the Eagles, not just because of the, the higher seeding, because of the because they beat them head to head, but because of their early season struggles against the conference, that's why they're in the position that they're in compared to the Eagles and the Saints, as they as they pretty much control their destinies in theory. But the 49ers control their destiny, so they win their in, and they'll be the sixth seed. But the problem is, if they don't win, and the Saints do, they're out. And that would obviously help the Eagles move up to the sixth seed. They'll be the sixth seed no matter what. So, like I said, no matter what happens on Saturday night, I'm sure the most of the, most of the Eagles team and all of them on Sunday will be watching that 49ers and Saints game to see if they're going to get any an even tougher, uh, uh, easier or tougher matchup, we'll see. But let's go on to the AFC 
because that's a mess. And Sunday's going to tell a, a whole lot. It will tell the picture here. Like I said, when you look at, you know, Tennessee, they're at the one seed. They win. They win on Sunday in Houston. They're, they are home field advantage. Kansas City is the two seed. They play. They play on Saturday, a game we will per- predict here, here in a moment. And then obviously in the third seed is shockingly Cincinnati, who has come come on strong here the last couple of weeks. And then and then Buffalo and New England will figure out who will who will go. You know, most likely those two will see each other again in the in the wild card round. They're at the fourth and fifth positions. And then things get it and then things get interesting. The six the sixth seed is gets real real interesting. The Colts are the sixth seed for now. But if they lose to the Jaguars, a whole Pandora's box will open and then things get real interesting. Real interesting. Because the Chargers and the Raiders are playing on Sunday night football in the regular season finale. Whoever wins that game most likely will be will move on to the to Super Wild Card weekend. The loser is out. Potentially. If the Colts lose, there's a chance both of them get in if they tie. But then you have the Pittsburgh Steelers, and we'll be talking about the Steelers, obviously, Big Ben here in a moment. And then the Ravens, hanging on by a thread, needs everything to happen to them if they somehow can end their five-game losing streak and get into and get in in a clutch 11-hour move. So my question to you on the AFC side is, who has the moment, who should be sleeping well going into Sunday and who should be, you know, nervous as hell, sleeping really reckless and nervous as hell going into Sunday in the AFC wildcard situation? Yeah, well, um, taking out the taking out the top five seeds, obviously, because they're already in. Um, and Tennessee had a nice, easy, what should be a nice, easy matchup to lock up the number one seed. Um, so you look at the, the the six and seven seeds. Um, the team that has it that has the best is the Colts. Obviously, they're going up against the Jaguars. So, I mean, they got what should be an easy victory coming up. Um, now it would be pretty sweet and pretty funny if uh, if um, if Carson Wentz comes out as a horrible game and the Colts lose and miss out on the playoffs while the Eagles get in. Um, that would be pretty sweet, but that's not going to happen. They don't even need Carson Wentz in this game. All they got to do is run the ball and play defense, which they'll be fine. So I mean, they 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 got the easiest and most likely win and the easiest matchup. Um, now, to the, ner- the, the team that should be the most nervous, um, I mean, really, when you look at it, if it the, 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 the Chargers and Raiders, it's a win-and-you're-in type of situation. So, I mean, they shouldn't be quite as nervous as either Baltimore or Pittsburgh, really, because those teams need, need actually need help. It doesn't even matter if they win, depending on what happens with these other games. So, I mean, those obviously got to be the, the tie, pretty much tied is for the two most nervous teams because they just need they need help and it's not a, they, they don't control their own destiny. Yeah, and I pretty much agree with you. Indy is in the best shape, but the problem is they haven't won in 
in Jacksonville in a while, according to to the last few years. So, you know, for some reason, historically, since they became division rivals in 2002, a realignment, the Colts have struggled more often than you would think in Jacksonville. They haven't struggled at home against Jacksonville, but on the road, and we're talking about Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck eras, it's been, it's been kind of a kind of a you know what. So, like I said, we've seen Jacksonville pull a rabbit out of their hat earlier this year, but obviously they have nothing to lose. And the Colts, they obviously go in there. Like I said, they dropped the they dropped the hammer on the Raiders and kept the Raiders in the playoffs. Kept the you know kept the Raiders in the playoffs. So. Like I said, we'll see what happens there. And like I said, the Chargers, I think, would have the most pressure because they're going on the road. They've had a great, they've had a great year with Justin Herbert, but they've been so inconsistent. You just don't know what what you're expecting, what to expect. So obviously, when you're looking at, to me, the you know, even though Baltimore and Pittsburgh know that they they have no chance by themselves, they need a ton of help. And that, and they have a big game on Sunday afternoon. That obviously will, is the true playoff eliminator. But like I said, it's not a guarantee the winner goes on either. So, to me, the Chargers to me would be the the team with the most pressure because they they seem like a team that if they get into the playoffs, like the Eagles, like uh, here in Philly, they could go far. They they're a team that can that can sneak up and beat somebody in Wild Card Weekend, but. If they don't get in, it's going to be a disappointment. And obviously, knowing Justin Herbert, you know, even last year they should have been in the postseason. So, like I said, to me, the Chargers are the team with the most pressure, in my opinion. Yeah. But anyway, as we continue on, like I said, we talked about the Steelers. Like I said, if eight, I'm sure you watched the Monday night game. It was a very – one of the more – one of the more emotional Monday night games I can remember in a long time. The 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 Big Ben Roethlisberger, Big Ben Roethlisberger, he's calling it a career officially. Maybe after Sunday for good, but if if circumstances give them a chance, maybe a game or two is still left in him after Sunday. But let's assume that this is that Sunday is the last game, but. Monday was his last game, home game, at Heinz Field. In a place he didn't build, but a place he established. He helped establish. Obviously, Big Ben has had a legendary career. One of the great rookie years in NFL history. He made the Super Bowl the next year and won it. Made the Super Bowl again and won it. Made another Super Bowl. Three Super Bowl appearances in his first six years. His first seven years, I think. But obviously... You know, a lot of accolades and, you know, no disrespect to Terry Bradshaw. He's the greatest quarterback that franchise has ever had. No no disrespect to Bradshaw. But, like I said, your th- your thoughts on a, on a, on a, on a unbelievable career that Roethlisberger has brought to the NFL. And where does he stand among quarterbacks all time? Yeah, well, um, when you talk about the greatest quarterbacks in Steelers history, I mean, let's face it, they they don't have a ton. Basically, it's Roethlisberger or um, Terry Bradshaw. And, you know, I know Bradshaw's in the Hall of Fame, but 
let's face it, man, he's not an all-timer. <laughs> you know, that was, a, that was a team that was built on their defense and running game. And Bradshaw just had to take care of the ball, which, frankly, he didn't do that great of a job of, considering he threw more interceptions than touchdowns in his career. But, um, you know, he, he's in the Hall of Fame, but Roethlisberger is the greatest in Steelers history. And I'm sure he'll get in the Hall of Fame, too. Like you said, he won two Super Bowls, made a third. I mean, and he's, he's had a lot of big numbers stats-wise. He's had 5,000-yard seasons um, and the whole deal. So he'll eventually get in. He's not, in terms of his um, his rank all-time, you know, he's not a he's not a first ballot Hall of Famer, especially with his whole um, you know rape allegations and all that. That's gonna that's gonna put a mark on his Hall of Fame record in, in terms of his chances chances of getting in. You know, um, a lot of guys that had off field issues they have they typically typically have to wait a little bit longer, like To, um, and for different reasons reasons obviously, but you know in terms of his rank on the all-time list, all-time list. He's not He's not up there with the greatest of all time. He'll be in the Hall of Fame. He'll be a Hall of Famer. Um, he's better than Eli. I'd say I'd rank him higher than Eli Manning. Um, but he's definitely at least a notch, maybe two below the guys like Elway, you know, Marino, the greatest. So he's definitely, I'd have to, I'd have to put the, like, come up with a whole list on where he actually ranks, but I'd say he probably ranks in the Eli Manning category a couple spots higher than Eli. Hmm. Well, like I said, looking at Roethlisberger's career, like I said, yeah, I remember 2010 and those allegations. He actually had to serve a four-game suspension to start that season. And he was a reckless young... When he, in his youth, he was reckless. He was talented, but very reckless. He nearly lost his life in a motorcycle accident. I remember one year. So there was a lot. There's obviously, there was some baggage that unfortunately still kind of resides with him to this day. But obviously he cleaned his act up and became one of the more respectable guys in the league. Now, yeah, you're right. He's not the greatest quarterback ever. We know that, you know, he's never, he's not better than Brady. He's not better than Peyton. Ah. Uh, Drew Brees, that's that's a debate, but but I could say that, you know, his Super Bowls he has more than Brees does, so I could put him ahead of Brees in that department. But Brees had a better skill set, and then you look at guys like Brett Favre. Now think about this: Ben Roethlisberger is the most sack quarterback since the numbers started, since the numbers started in '82. He has the most; he's the most sack quarterback in NFL history. So that's one thing he has, where Favre has the most interceptions. Now, now directly, the most important thing is, let's look at it like this, his quarterback class of 2004, him, Eli, and Phillip Rivers. Now, Phillip Rivers had a great career. He put up great numbers, but he never won anything. He never won a championship, only was in one conference championship game. Then you look at... um. Eli, who has two rings, obviously beating Brady, you know, and that's an upset. But look at it this way. His teams weren't that great. Most of the time, the Giants were kind of a mediocre 500, barely 500 franchise. So, you know, like I said, 
I could put Roethlisberger as obviously the best of his 2004 class, even though in that draft, and you probably remember watching that draft that day, he was fleeced. That he and he and his agent were fleeced because they thought they were going higher and they weren't. But like I said, he is a beloved Pittsburgh Steeler. He'll never have to buy another meal in that town, and obviously, he he built himself a great legacy. And yes, he is the greatest quarterback. He is the greatest quarterback they'll ever have. Bradshaw lived and breathed off of that defense, running game, and everything else. Hell, you're absolutely right. Who's in the Hall of Fame that has more interceptions and touchdowns? I mean, come on now. Come on now. But obviously, Big Ben knew in the last couple of years that the end was near. He missed most of 2019 with an elbow injury. And then obviously, 2020 started off great, but it finished poorly. He knows that the end was near, and you know this year he kind of knew that he. It's not that he overstayed his welcome, but at this point, he knew that he didn't have much left in the tank, and he puts the Steelers in a very interesting position going into this off season at the quarterback position. Do they go with what they have on the roster? Probably not, or do they go for a Russell Wilson who will obviously be subject for trade in the off season, or even? Mr. Rogers himself, if he decides to walk from Green Bay. So interesting, interesting to see who takes over the Steeler reign come September. Yeah, well, we'll see. There's always a number of options. Um, one guy I know that's uh, making rounds that, that Steelers fans are clamoring for is Kenny Pickett. Is, uh, he's University of Pitt quarterback. Um, Pittsburgh fans are still sour that the uh, that the Steelers didn't get Dan Marino way back in the day out of Pitt, and uh, you know I know he's, he's 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 popular in the Steelers fan circle, so he's a potential option. But he's probably going to go way earlier than the Steelers will be able to get him unless they trade up. So yeah, K. Pickett's the best quarterback in this draft. It's not even close. And more and more likely, he's going to go higher than that he should be going. But obviously, that's another discussion for another time. So, like I said, but obviously, while we can look at the 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 highs of of a, of a great career that's going to end up in Canton in the bust, and he's in Ohio himself, we look at a former teammate of his, and unfortunately, the struggles and the troubles of one Antonio Brown has shown itself again. This year has been obviously a terrible year for him, fighting injuries. But on Sunday, he played, we think he played, and then for whatever reason, in the third quarter, he took his jersey off, he took his shirt off, he he ran across the field like an assessed fan, and do a peace sign up and said, deuces. Obviously, we've, we've talked about Antonio Brown on this program before. Obviously, in a negative way. But, hell. What, what is your th- thoughts on what happened to him on Sunday? And is he, and as we've seen the last of him on a football field as a competitor. Yeah, I mean, listen, man, the guy is a piece of shit. That's what he is, okay? 
And I, I say it all the time. Yeah, we, we, we talk about the teams like the Browns, these low-character players that they bring in, the Cowboys over the years. Say it all the time, man. Eventually those guys are going to blow up and ruin, and ruin the team. Um, you know, it happened with Odell Beckham earlier in the year. Um, it, it happens with all these pieces of shit, and he's just another one, man. And uh, and I think this is the end of the line for him. I mean, he was he was on his last legs at this point in the NFL anyway, and to just pull some crazy move like that, it, 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 he's he's over. He's over. Um, I don't know exactly how the Bucks are trying to play it. He's still on the roster technically, he's, but he's not going to be on the team anymore. Um, probably trying to figure out a way to um, just get rid of him without, basically, without having to pay him any more money. So I don't know. It's probably some legal thing that he's still on the team, but he'll be gone soon. And no, nobody's going to sign him at this point. He's not that good anyway. He's at the end. Of, he's what thirty four. You know, he's, he still might be okay in, in the role that he was in with the Bucks as, like, sort of the third option. But when as a third option receiver, you can't be a distraction. You can't be a diva. You know, you got to be a guy that's out there working hard and going 100% all the time. And he's just not that guy, man. So as far as I'm concerned, as far as I, I can see, he, he's, done with the, he's done in the NFL. And, I mean, he probably knows it, too. <laughs> yeah, that's why he's stripping down and making a whole show out of him leaving the, leaving the field instead of just walking off. You know, he pretty much knows that the Bucks were his last chance to show that he can um, change, and he hasn't, obviously, so it's over for him. Well, like I said... He dropped a rap album, a rap song, and then he was at the Brooklyn Nets game the next night. You know, I could go on like you for 15 minutes or longer about the, why he, he is the way he is, the diva receiver that's obviously being phased out because the, there's not many of them left. The the Chad Johnsons, the T.O.'s, they're gone. They're done. Their careers are done and their their history. They're in the past. But, unfortunately for Antonio Brown, I have to think about a Pacific game where his life changed and his career changed dramatically. And that was the playoff game against, shockingly, a team that's going to the playoffs for the first time since then, the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, you remember maybe the most foulest you want to talk about a piece of shit. He was a piece and a, and, a, and dog missing cat manure all in one. Fontes Perfect. You remember him. Yeah, yeah. In the playoff game, there was a wild finish between the Steelers and the Bengals. And of course, when division rivals play in the postseason, you know it's going to be personal because it's one and done. But at the end of that game... He got the ball and then took one of the most savage hits I've ever seen ever in one of the craziest endings to a playoff game ever where the Bengals actually fell out of, out of life and love in the league for, for about almost a half a decade to, to this year where they're back. But that incident at the end where he got his clock destroyed, since then, this guy's not there. 
You saw how his Steeler run ended. It was it was not good. Tantrums, insubordination, all kinds of mess. And then and then he goes to the Raiders, and that was a disaster. He never even got to play a down for them in the regular season. He goes to New England, and then he has another offseason issue that came out of nowhere that put him out of the league. He only played one game, but Tom Brady went to bat with him, and he got him to Tampa Bay. Somehow, he was on his best behavior, even though he had to serve an eight-game suspension to start the 2020 season, and he won the Super Bowl. And you think that, okay, I got this guy working again, and he's going to be okay. Wrong. And now you see what, it's, what it is. And this year has been miserable. I mean, hell, when we were playing them, the Eagles earlier this year, he got hurt and he missed all that time. Then he had the, the issue with the fake vaccination card. And like I said, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really worried about his well-being as a, as a person of interest because, you know, why his football career, his football playing career is pretty much done. And he shouldn't worry about that no more. I just want him to, to to live a respectful, healthy life, and I'm and I'm really worried about him. I am. I I just I don't know what's in his head or what what's going on, but like I said, I'm just worried that you know he, he's going to have a bad ending, and I don't want that to happen because I've seen that. There's a there was a re- receiver who had a big issue. I think his name was Chris Henry, who played for the Bengals. I, I might have gotten his name wrong, probably, but he played for the Bengals and he was a major, he had major issue. He had major character issues, but he was a very talented receiver and he tried to clean his act up. But then unfortunately he got killed, you know, and his career was over. His life ended. And, and I'm hoping that that's not how Antonio Brown's life ends. Hopefully he get himself help and get himself respect clean up where he can be respected and and remembered as a great receiver at one point in his career than than the sideshow the sad and tragic sideshow he's become now so like I said as much as I can bash him and I bashed him in the past it's just it's it, it scares me man he's he, he's scaring me and, they, and I'm really worried about him I just want him to get his act together and be and be and be a good person one day and Hopefully he can get himself the help he needs and get himself back in, in good graces. But as as I agree with you, his football career is over. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, this Vontez perfect nonsense. I mean, here's the deal, man. That, that, it's just a, that's just an excuse to make for a guy that's a, that's a head case. Um, you know, go back to Antonio Brown's draft pre-draft uh, scouting report and you know you'll see that his biggest his biggest uh, concerns as a player as a scout as uh, as a prospect were character issues uh, prima donna attitude lack of work ethic you know I mean this isn't something that just all of a sudden popped up after he got knocked out you know he's, he's been basically he's been a piece of shit as a player his whole life and he's been a piece of shit as a person his whole life. So, you know, however his life turns out, my guess is unless he changes his ways, he's probably going to be broke fairly quickly after, you know, after the NFL's done with him, which is probably right now. So he's just one of those guys. He's, he's, uh, 
go just go look at what he's done in his personal life over the years, and you know you'll see he's he's a low life, and it is what it is. You know, he, he, it maybe he'll change his ways, but as of right now, that's what he is, and that's what he's always been. That's why he went in the sixth round. Yeah, ironically, he was picked one ninety nine, the same number Brady was a decade before him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but. I, I am concerned, and I'm hoping that he can do get his, his life his life together. But we continue. Like I said, we get to we're getting towards the end here. Our surprises and disappointments for week eighteen. Yeah. So um, you know what? They ended up getting a victory, but. I, I was disappointed in the Rams, man. Um, Matt Stafford in particular, he, he had another bad game. You know, the Rams pulled it out with a one-point victory over your Ravens, but, I mean, that was pathetic. They should have they crushed the Ravens, and the Rams were my lock of the week, so I ended up losing that because they were giving up seven points. So that dropped me to 10-7 um, and seven on the year against the spread, which is still a... Has me for a winning record, locked as a lock for a winning record for the regular season. But you know, there's no reason to not be able to beat Baltimore by two scores. So the Rams are a major disappointment. And um, as a surprise, you know what, man? Talking about Antonio Brown and what just happened, I'm going to give the surprise to the Jets. They went up against Tampa. The, basically a Super Bowl contender, and 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 they almost won the game, man. They uh, they actually played well, and um, they had a nice lead. The Bucks had to make a big fourth quarter comeback just to get the victory. So um, the Jets surprised me with the way they played. I thought they were pretty much, I mean, they were garbage anyway. But I thought they were pretty much packing in the season, and you know, they they almost took out the the Bucks, the defending Super Bowl champs. Well, my surprise, shockingly, is a team might go against the division, the Cincinnati Bengals. They beat the Chiefs. I did not see that happening. You know, give a call to Joe Burrow. He might be one of the top five quarterbacks in this league in a very in a year or two at this point. And he led them. And Jamar Chase, he's he's already put together his, the best rookie wide receiver season ever. He surpassed Justin Jefferson's. 1,400 yards receiving from a year ago, and he's been even more effective. I mean, he's, he's probably better than Justin Jefferson. He's probably, he'll he'd probably be a top five receiver, if not already. I mean, guy is unbelievable. And like I said, the Chiefs, they're still good. I mean, I'm not concerned about, about this game if you're a Chiefs fan. You shouldn't be concerned. The Bengals wanted it more, and they sh- show it. Now, can they actually win a postseason game? Obviously, we'll predict that come come in a week or so. That will be deter- to be determined. But obviously, you gotta give a lot of call to Zach Taylor and and that ho- entire ho- that entire who day staff because they they want to want to break curses. And like I said, we it's not hard to break curses. We've seen curses break. Eagles win a Super Bowl. Cubs win a World Series. Maybe the Bengals will actually win a playoff game. We'll see. My big disappointment, and shockingly, it shouldn't. It should be like a weekly occurrence, but it's not. But shockingly, the Cowboys, and 
I watched that game against Arizona. Look what you did last week. You blew out Washington. Yeah, Washington. Yeah, they suck. But Washington almost beat us. I know it's a week-to-week league, but you, you that's so much momentum, and you're so good at home, supposed to be, and the defense just absolutely dominated. So Sunday, you're playing the Cardinals, who last who has struggled the last several weeks, blown out on the road, their last road game, to the Detroit Lions of all teams, for God's sakes, garbage. But then they go, they go in there, and they become that team again. They become that team again. You know, they become they become that team on the road that nobody wants to see. And unfortunately, for the first time this year, for the first time this year, the the Dallas Cowboys did their defense did not commit one turnover. Not one sack, not one interception. Not you know, so like I said, I have this weird suspicion, and I'll say it on here, even though I, I could be wrong come come next week in our predictions and situations, I have the feeling that the Cowboys are going to be one and done. They're not going to win their playoff game, especially if they play the Cardinals again, which is very possible. That playoff matchup could happen because right now they would be seeing each other again in the postseason. And that could very well mean a bad look, especially since Kyle Murray never loses at, at his home stadium, basically, since he's a Texas guy, a Dallas guy. He grew up a Cowboy fan, and guess what? He's owned the Cowboys in his career in this building. So, disappointment, Cowboys. All right. Yeah, man. Well, yeah, I'm just going to point out quick that the uh, I did pick the Bengals to win last week, and um, I did say Joe Burrow was going to take beat Mahomes in a in a shootout. So, yeah, that- to me, they, it wasn't a surprise. Well. Not many quarterbacks can say that they can beat Mahomes in a shootout because that's that's a that's a tough proposition for any quarterback. But hey, Burrow's he's growing on us. Guy guys got guys got ability, and we'll see what happens come postseason. But like I said, let's get to our we like I said we will do our preview of the final week on Sunday along with the college football championship preview, but. We have two games to look at for Saturday. The first one, a, a pretty interesting matchup. Both are division games. Both are obviously t- tough division games. Kansas City is still looking to be the one seed. They lost it last week, unfortunately. But they still have an outside chance to get it back. But a big matchup on on the road in the mile high. Denver is out. They're now reduced to spoiler. But... Can they be a spoiler and keep Kansas City from having an even from even being a two seed where they actually have to play on the road if they aren't a two seed? So come come this postseason. So we'll see what happens here. But a big matchup here in the first of two Saturday. Go ahead. Yeah, well, Casey, um, like you said, they 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 are still fighting. Potentially, still have a shot for the number one seed. With even though it's probably unlikely, um, but they at least have something to play for. Like you said, Denver at this point, they're just trying to play spoiler. Um, but is that really much for any, for them to play for? Um, you know, I'm, I'm assuming Teddy Bridgewater is going to be out again. 
and uh, we saw Drew Locke. He sucks. So you know, if he plays quarterback, it's he's, he's, it, it's it's over, man. They got no shot. Mahomes and that team will put up points, even if their defense isn't great. They're going to be causing turnovers and pressuring Drew Locke, and uh, uh, Broncos don't stand a chance. So Chiefs will get the easy victory there. Final score. 37-13. Yeah, this shouldn't be much of a contest. I mean, Denver, like I told you, Drew Locke sucks, and we saw that on Sunday. Like I said, they went to a backup quarterback, and actually Mark Rippon's nephew, that was his nephew playing number four, but he wasn't he wasn't any good, and, and Chargers rallied them, and Chiefs are going to route them too. Remember, well, here's something that may surprise people. Mahomes still hasn't lost on the road against a division rival. And here he is in his finishing up his fourth full regular season. And he's <laughs> undefeated on the road against a division rival. And it will be the case again. So the Chiefs will win. Win big. Go into go into the hopefully maybe home field advantage. Final score 40 to 20. Alright. So Cowboys and Eagles. Big matchup. Great on paper. But not in, but not in quality, but not in quality, because the Eagles are in. They're going to be a wild card. That's all they are going to be. Dallas is currently the fourth seed, and they may not go any further. They still have an outside chance to go back to the two, but it doesn't look very likely. Like I said, will Sirianni play his starters? Will he not? Will Cowboys be motivated, or will he not? Oh yeah, breaking news. Micah Parson has COVID and is out for Saturday from what I've been told. So go ahead with a matchup that on paper looks bigger than it really is. Yeah, I mean, on paper it might be a big rivalry, but um, I already, we already talked when we, I already mentioned when we were talking about the Eagles. Um, I expect them to rest pretty much all their starters. If the start, if there's key players even get in the game at all, they'll play for a quarter or so, just like a preseason game. So for the Eagles, they're as far as I can tell, they they are definitely um, approaching this game as a preseason game. I haven't heard a whole lot about the Cowboys. I'm assuming that they're actually going to play their their starters. So um, for for the sake of this, if the Cowboys play the starters and the Eagles um, don't, I mean that's then, then it's an obvious the game doesn't even matter to the Eagles, and they're not really going to care if they win or lose, so um, Eagles shouldn't or Cowboys should win easily here, so I'm going to say the Cowboys win and I'm going to put the final score at um, man, I'm going to say 38-10 to 10. Yeah, I, I unfortunately, you know, Eagles fans ain't going to like the fact that Cowboys will come in here and Dak will sweep the division for the first time in his career Dallas is the only team in the NFL without a division loss. And that will they will sweep the NFC East. Eagles will give it a fight, but if Dallas gets too far ahead, then that then that's it. So unfortunately, you know, this is not what people want to see, but hey, they all they care about is the postseason. This ain't the postseason yet. Doesn't matter. The Cowboys win final score twenty five to thirteen. 
All right, that's all we have. Like I said, join us on on you know on Sunday. Big match of big matter. See ya. Peace out.